0: the world of autism podcast a podcast about all things autism I am dr. Jeff Knight, and I'm on a mission to create hope peace of mind freedom and confidence for these children with autism and in serving their families to help create the happiest healthiest versions of themselves in this podcast we dive deep in creating many different solutions talking about resources and providing insight and stories of hope for families that suffer and have challenges with autism. Please join with me, and I look forward to connecting with you. All right. Welcome to the World of Autism podcast. I am Dr. Jeff Knight and super excited to be here with a friend of mine that I've met over the years, Dr. Silla Watcott. Um, Dr. Silla Watcott, a little background on her, she is a board certified classical homeopath with a bachelor's from Arizona State University, a diploma from the four-year professional program at Northwestern Academy of Homeopathy in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and a PhD in homeopathy. She's also an instructor at Normandale Community College um, for eight years, and she's also the author of There Is a Choice and co author of The Solution Homeoprophylaxis. She's been featured in docuseries by Ty Bollinger and Patrick Gentempo, and she's also the producer and director of the Real Immunity documentary film series about the intelligence of life and how we can overcome fear to access access the resources we possess to build authentic immunity." Um, There's more I could read about Dr. Silla Watcott. Um, She is also, I want to highlight, a cancer survivor using all natural methods, and she's a mother to children adopted from Russia, Taiwan, and China, and one biological child, and her deepest desire is to help families everywhere, everywhere heal and thrive. So. Scylla, it is such a pleasure to have you here um, on the podcast today, and I'm just grateful to have you on. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Dr. Jeff. It's great to be here.
0: Yes. So as you can hear, Dr. Scylla is very accomplished, and she's got a wealth of information. In fact, I was drawn to her from a podcast I heard, I think it was about 2017 or 18 Silla was when I first heard your podcast that um, when you were on with Dr. Daniel Pompa and it was then I was like oh my goodness this may be an answer to my prayers Um, and truly it it has been and um, and I and a little bit about what drew drew me to you and and I'll let you share more of your story and a little bit how you got into this work and um, some other things but so we're gonna dive into homeoprophylaxis and what that is and how it can help families, individuals, anyone really. Um, and it's, it's this, this topic what, what got me so interested in connecting with you, which is how to find safe and effective ways to provide immunity for our children or for ourselves without the negative toxic effects that can happen from the traditional methods of vaccination. And um, so I was just thrilled to realize in the world that I work in, with having served a lot of families with children with autism, unfortunately, many of them have had children that have been vaccine injured. So, with that being said, um, it definitely put my alert up on the dangers and risks of vaccines and made me um, really strongly consider that for myself and for my children. I came from a home where Um, I was vaccinated as a kid, Um, five of our six children have been vaccinated and, um, you know, it's, it's a point where I'm really was concerned. So I was so grateful for your work, Silla, because it really did provide enlightenment to me and our youngest daughter um, who is um, been using your homeoprophylaxis program. And now I do this in my office. Um, It's, she's great. She's five and a half years old now. And just thriving. So um, it's been right. a bu- beautiful experience. So, um, Scylla, share with us a little bit about your background and how this even came about for you.
1: Sure. So, my kids were all traditionally treated in conventional Western medicine, and nothing was really working. Uh-huh. They had asthma, they had kidney reflux, they had migraines. And a wise pediatrician sort of directed me towards homeopathy for asthma. And that was my first introduction in about 1999. And my son's asthma was gone within six months. And the amazing thing about homeopathy is that it doesn't just cure, it doesn't just suppress symptoms, it heals. Mm. So it really changes from the inside out, which is miraculous. And after that, I started exploring homeopathy and went back to school and learned about a subset of homeopathy, that's homeoprophylaxis. And I Mm -hmm. realized that this is really what parents are seeking, because so many parents had come to me with um, children who they felt had been injured by conventional vaccines. So I started teaching and providing homeoprophylaxis for parents, and then ultimately started training medical professionals like yourself to be able to administer it. So, it's like I mentioned, a subset of homeopathy. Mm -hmm. It's looking at immunity in a very different way. Instead of fighting against disease, it's really familiarizing you with the frequency of these diseases so that you're in harmony with them. Yeah. And uh, it just builds your natural immunity. So, it's based on terrain theory, you know, that if you make the terrain healthy enough, then it can interface with the world and not succumb to disease.
0: Excellent. No, I love it. And um, and you have done so much work in this field over the last several years. Um, tell us a little bit about um, you know because I know you have a personal experience too with with family and um, and even a daughter, correct? Um,
1: right.
0: And so you know from from seeing you know your experience with your daughter, and I know. She had some negative reactions, didn't she?
1: She, well, we adopted her from China and she was failure to thrive. At a year old, she was about 10 pounds. Oh my goodness. So the pediatrician felt she needed all her vaccines. And at the time I didn't question, she immediately went into a shrill cry. Her legs swelled up to twice the size, 105 fever. And she screamed for the next 12 hours. Hmm. And they basically decided it, it was aseptic meningitis. Her her brain was inflamed.
0: Yeah.
1: And I went looking in uh, the Merck manual at the time. This was in 1995. So I had a Merck manual, and I saw that it was a side effect of the MMR vaccine. And hmm. proudly announced that to the pediatrician, who swiftly denied it. There yeah. was you know, it was coincidence, no relationship to the vaccine. And at that point, I knew that I was on my own, I, I had to do my research, I couldn't depend on another person to protect my kids. So I started researching and went deep down the rabbit hole of vaccines and studies and conferences. And just, you know, really, at the time, I, I met Andy Wakefield, I met um, Paul Thomas, I, I met some of these physicians who were Actually, researching and speaking publicly. Yeah. So, yeah. And then we just, um, we, one foot after another after that. And it took quite a few years to reverse what I felt was the injury for Lily. Okay. And she uh, had a speech impediment that was residual after the injury. And I see many cases where children have. Delayed speech, speech impediments after vaccines, because the cranial nerves are very often affected. We know that the some of the aluminum goes to the cranial nerves. Right. So yeah. we see strabismus, we see speech impediments, we see tics, we see uh, facial abnormalities where one side of the face is different than the other. Sure. These are all things that are that are common to vaccine injuries, besides the immune dysregulation. Right. So,
0: yeah, so that was a big, uh, wake up call for you. And, and, uh, you know, uh, again, being a pioneer and jumping in and realizing, okay, I got to pull up the bootstraps and get after it. And, and sometimes, unfortunately, that's just how it is. Um, now homeo- homeoprophylaxis, I know it's not, it's not new. Um, tell us a little bit about the history of it and where it came from when it started. Um, right. and, and really, I guess, um, how, um, yeah, just, just start there, let's sure. start with that.
1: So Samuel Hahnemann was a physician, he was a chemist, he was a linguist, and he was um, doing homeopathy. He had, had discovered homeopathy, which is the dilution of certain elements in nature so that there's no material substance left. So diluting and succussing, agitating these, these uh, materials, either plant, animal, or mineral. Um, And then they had a curative effect given to someone. So what he found was that during a scarlet fever um, epidemic, one family was using belladonna for another ailment and they were protected from scarlet fever. So he realized that that homeopathic belladonna, because it is a um, toxic substance, but homeopathic belladonna is not. And it was protective of these families. So he started using it and it was actually a a law at the time that families would use that for protection by the Prussian government. Wow! So it was used wisely during, um, widely, I'm sorry, during that time as a prophylactic. And then since then, there've been many other occasions with cholera, polio, pertussis. Cuba has done extensive experimentation with homeoprophylaxis against many different diseases, dengue fever, other tropical diseases, leptospirosis. Um, Brazil has done experimentation with homeoprophylaxis. India uses it legally. They employ their government doctors to use homeoprophylaxis, pass it out to the population during epidemics. So it's widely used. It's probably the least known in the U.S. And that's kind of been my, my goal to educate and, you know, bring people to understand about homeoprophylaxis.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the amazing things about homeoprophylaxis is how it has such great track record as well. Um, Can you share a little bit about the success rates? Um, You mentioned a few of these countries, but even I know um, you mentioned uh, Dr. Isaac Golden before to me in the past and kind of his work. Um, I think that'd be helpful to understand a little bit about what he did. And he's from Australia, correct?
1: Right. He's from Australia. And he did a 15-year study with about 3,000 children. Okay. And he was the first one to do a study with childhood diseases, infectious contagious diseases. So pertussis and pneumonia and polio, um, meningitis, measles, mumps, and he found over this 15 year period that these kids had more robust immunity even than children with nothing because there was a, a group with vaccines. There was a group with nothing at all and a group with HP. Okay. And he found the HP kids had even more robust immunity. He attributed it to the fact that they were circulating all the diseases without any of the risks from the diseases. So they were getting the frequency of the disease uh, but not suffering from the disease. That's incredible. So that was in the 1980s, the mid 1980s that he did that experiment. Um, the leptospirosis experiment in Cuba, there's 90% or more effectiveness level. And most of the tropical de- diseases, we see about a 90% effectiveness. Hmm. level. And the fabulous thing is that there's zero injuries, zero. Yeah. We don't see that at all.
0: No, it's beautiful. So, and just for our listeners to know, we'll, we'll probably use the term HP. Um, so that stands for homeoprophylaxis. And, and again, the, the way this is working uh, is basically where, you know, the homeoprophylaxis, they're basically little no-sos is what we call them. Correct. And they look like little pellets, um, small little sugar pellets. But then, because of the way it can be effective and no injury, is you talk about how you take a mother solution, or in this case, if we're using an example of scarlet fever, you use, you know, the belladonna was a common thing that would um, support the immune system or educate the immune system. But with traditional, or I guess, um, homeoprophylaxis now, break down and share a little bit about how that's made and then how it can, can, you know, be helpful without, again, of course, the old, right. always the concern is um, how it's going to be safe too.
1: Right. So we could use plant matter or no sods. No sods are made primarily from a disease product. So it can be um, from a, an organ, from a, uh, uh, discharge from, from someone who is sick with a particular disease. And that's called a no no-sode. So no-sodes are from disease products. Mm-hmm. We can also use plants such as belladonna as a prophylactic. So it doesn't have to only be a no-sode. It can be a plant that can be used. Right. And um, it's safe because we start, as you mentioned, with a mother tincture and we dilute that one to 100 So one drop of the mother tincture to 100 drops of a solution and that's succussed and the succussion breaks the water bonds so that it becomes potentized. So it becomes stronger. Then we take one drop of that and put it in 99 drops. And that continues again and again and again, when it gets to the 12th dilution, there's no more molecules of the original substance. It's past Avogadro's number. So then it becomes simply a frequency. Yep. And that frequency is recognized by your body so that when you take it, you then um, are familiarized with the frequency of the, of the natural disease. So it cannot cause harm at all, um, any more than music or prayer or um, a suggestion can cause yeah. harm.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, no, that's great. So so that's the, the one of the things that I think is important for people to understand is, it's the energetic form. And it's basically, I love that you use the example of prayer or a song, how that can be soothing or sometimes um, like certain songs can be disrupting too. <laughs> right. Depending right. On, on what kind of music it may be. Um, it could be uh, really uplifting or potentially uh, cause some other emotions. Right.
1: Exactly. Cause that's energy. Yep. So, you know, you walk into a room, there's certain music playing it, it lends a certain feeling to you and um that's that's a, a good analogy for how homeopathy can work except because of the potentization method it goes deeper and really triggers your vital force to recognize and either do healing or mount an immune response to this disease so i could would mention that i have probably 4500 5000 children in the program at this point and uh in the childhood disease program I've had two or three contract pertussis out of all those children and they moved through it very quickly, very easily, because that's another benefit that if you're familiar with the frequency of that disease, it doesn't take as much to overcome it. Mm. Your body is primed. Your immune system is ready and primed to be able to, to handle something. So it becomes much easier.
0: And, and that's tip typically the case with all these remedies or illnesses that are introduced in the, in the kit that you provide with homeoprophylaxis, um, the idea is if you are susceptible to it or maybe more vulnerable to that illness or disease, um, then your body may suffer a little bit or, or maybe there's just some milder symptoms. But as far as full-blown symptoms, have you ever seen that at all with anyone with homeoprophylaxis?
1: No. So we're talking about two different things you know, immediately when you give the actual HP, we might see the immune system wake up. So you might see a longer nap. You might see a little fussiness, very, very mild, similar to what you see if a child's possibly getting sick, but most parents will say, I'm not sure. I think I saw something, but I'm not sure. It's not very obvious. So that's just a healthy immune response, which is good. And it's desirable. Um, then if the child is exposed and catches a disease, that's where I was mentioning. I have maybe two or three cases out of the thousands of kids that have taken HP and they had very mild cases and they moved through it very easy, easily. We gave a little bit of homeopathic support and chiropractic is excellent support too. When a child's sick,
0: mm-hmm. I,
1: I like my patient to go to the chiropractor, get adjusted and take a homeopathic remedy. And those things together really help the immune system to um, jump up and move forward, basically.
0: Nice. So share with us um, some of uh, some of your favorite experiences that you've seen or witnessed from you using both homeopathy and homeoprophylaxis, because I feel like homeopathy has been thrown under the bus, unfortunately. Um, it's been around for a long time, as we know, hundreds of years, and um, basically, you know, hasn't gotten the same credibility or opportunity to be shown its effectiveness, you know, for, for obvious reasons, um, that we don't necessarily need to go into, but share with, share with us, um, some of your favorite stories or cases that you've had with both homeopathy and homeoprophylaxis.
1: Sure. So, you know, I really believe Jeff that homeopathy is medicine of the future because it's a form of energetic medicine. It's a full system of medicine and it's curative and -hmm. it's safe. So I think we are on the edge of seeing it really come into its own and be far more popular. Um, I've seen so much in the last 15 years. Um, My own children never had another antibiotic after starting homeopathic care at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen cases where, Oh, Oh, golly. And these are cases that should be assigned to a professional homeopath, because one of my concerns, I'm seeing more people learning homeopathy, which is great, and it can be used for minor things. But for serious injury or serious chronic disease, you need a professional homeopath. So when I see on Facebook, someone say, what's the remedy for Alzheimer's or bipolar disorder, it's, it's really inappropriate because it's, it can be dangerous to try to treat those conditions. So that's the only caveat I would, I would add. But, um, once I had a little boy who had a third degree burn and he was, uh, they were looking at grafting surgery for grafting. And I gave him, um, one dose of a very high potency homeopathic remedy. And it healed right up a couple of days. it, it, It healed right up. I've seen, um, Blood clots dissipate with homeopathy. Um, I had a patient that had rectal surgery, which is very, very painful surgery. Mm. And afterwards she called me up from the hospital. She said she could barely get up. She was passing out. And I said, well, ask your nurse about the pain meds. Maybe you're on too many pain meds. And come to find they could reduce the pain meds in half or more. The homeopathy was holding her and alleviating the pain. So- it was, it was really, you know, doing the trick. Um, I have so many cases like that with, with children that heal almost instantaneously with homeopathy because their systems are clean and functioning, um, bruising. It's great. And this is something anyone can do at home, a dose of Arnica for, for bruising or a child that hits their head and has a goose egg coming up, a dose of Arnica and that goose egg is going to go right down. Yeah. Or I had a gentleman mowing the lawn, hit a, bees nest and stung 30, 40 times with bees. Oh, wow. His wife called me right away. We gave him Apis mellifica, which is bee venom and um, potentized, safe, homeopathic formulation. And within 20 minutes, uh, everything was down. The swelling was down. He was fine.
0: That's fantastic.
1: So, I mean, I have so many stories like that. It's just It's it's an amazing form of medicine and so safe and really possible for people to do it at home with a learning curve and some education. They can do minor things at home, sore throats, ear infections very easily. So with homeoprophylaxis, the most wonderful stories are those of families who have multiple children and they vaccinated the first one, two children, and then they stopped and they did HP. And it's like they have a study right in their own home because they see the contrast in their health. Right. And they talk about how their HP kids, they get sick and move through it within 24 to 48 hours. It's, it's toned their immune system, which is what I teach parents that it's like exercising the immune system. Yeah. So it becomes much more toned and it can do what it's naturally designed to do. We've forgotten this. Most young parents think having a sick kid with a runny nose for months out of the year is normal or typical.
0: Unfortunately, that's the truth.
1: It's not, it's not. Kids are vibrant. Kids are robust. They get sick. They get better sometimes within 24 hours. Sure. The other thing that's been amazing is just like getting natural disease and then taking a developmental leap after getting well, HP seems to do the same thing. So these moms will give the remedy, their child takes a longer nap or maybe they're a little fussy, the next day they wake up and boom, they're crawling or they learn to ride their bike or they have another word. You know, they see these leaps in development immediately after HP and they love it. So aside from these kinds of things, what I enjoy is that parents learn how to observe their children. Because in this day and age, parents aren't looking, you know, they're not watching and they're so kind of trained to give a pill and suppress a symptom that that's where their minds are instead of really seeing and observing how the immune system works and watching their child. So that's the gift that comes with it.
0: No, that's great. And, And that's, I know that's a hard question to answer somewhat. So I love the way you. Responded to the homeoprophylaxis, it's easier to see all the positive, beautiful changes with homeopathy, um, since that's more when a symptom or an illness comes up, you have a remedy to to help combat that. Of course, with homeoprophylaxis, sometimes you never know how much good you really are doing, but when you have a comparison between children that have been vaccinated and then those that haven't, and it's like, wow, you know, you do see a difference. So,
1: right. And in the beginning, sometimes parents will say, well, how come you don't have rotavirus or hepatitis B or H- HPV, some of these diseases in in the kit. and I try to explain that they, you know, hepatitis B is sexually transmitted, your infant's not at risk. or, you know, I try to explain something about the disease and why they're not at risk. Well, as soon as parents have done HP for a few months or a year and they see what's happening to their child's immune system, they forget all about those other diseases. They're not concerned about them anymore, and right. that's that's adaptation, that's evolution, that's learning. That's I mean, I, it, it thrills me to see that because really, fear doesn't need to be in there. The immune, yeah. the human immune system is such a, a miraculous system, and we don't need a vaccine or anything for every disease on the face of the earth.
0: Right. No, I I love that you said that because I feel like as a society, and I've probably mentioned this in other podcasts that I've done, but so if you've heard me say this, I'll probably say it again in future ones, but we don't give our bodies enough credit and our bodies are just so incredible as far as being self-healing, incredible, wonderful um, machines that can do so much to combat illness and allow us to overcome some of the different challenges that we face every day exactly. so it's it's great it really is great and you mentioned something that I think is important to touch on um, you talked about fear and and uh, tell me about your perspective just from what you've seen in the years that you've been practicing now that it's been over 20 years um, you know and the connection with fear and health and I know this is a Kind of off topic, but not really, um, because I feel like it has such a powerful influence on our health. But just from your personal perspective, and even maybe you can tie this into even your personal journey with your own health too, because I know a diagnosis of cancer can be extremely scary, and I'm sure fear was a natural, you know, reaction to that. But tell me about how you've been able to not just for yourself, but helping others, you know, handle fear. And especially with the crazy year we had this past year, um, you know, and fortunately things seem to be calming down a little bit more, but um, share, share some thoughts on that. Right. Yeah. What... It's
1: a big topic. It's a big topic. And fear is a, a very low vibration.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: we all, we all vibrate at a certain frequency and love is one of the highest frequencies. Yeah. And fear is the lowest frequency. Mm. And when people are in fear, they're using their reptilian brain. They're not thinking logically. They're not using executive function of, the, of their brain. So they're triggered easily. They're in fight or flight. Um, and I see this with young parents. It was me as a young parent. You know, when my child had 105 fever, it's frightening. Yeah, you, you don't want to leave their side. You're afraid of what could happen. You don't know if you're doing the right thing. I mean, it's, it's completely natural. So one thing that I know is that learning and using homeopathy puts a tool into parents' hands so that they can overcome that fear. And also, you know, what I've seen over the years is that parents relinquish the responsibility to a medical professional, and this is changing. It used to be that you went to your doctor for anything and everything. Your doctor was the authority, your doctor, yeah. you would do whatever your doctor said. Yeah. And I'm seeing a big shift in, in this because people are, they have access to the internet. They're learning. Yep. They're understanding more. Um, the reputation of chiropractic has increased to the point where it's no longer under attack as it was fifty years ago, I remember when I was a child how people would treat it. You know yeah. the at, the attitude that was in the air, and now people are recognizing that they their chiropractor is one of their most important healthcare providers. And I tell people if you have a good chiropractor, you have a homeopath, and you have somebody that addresses nutrition. Maybe your chiropractor, maybe your homeopath, or maybe another person. Yep, you're good. You yeah. need a pediatrician with hospital privileges in case you have an appendicitis or you know you need to take a child to the hospital. But other than that, you're, you're better equipped to have these other professionals who are gonna listen to you and who are taking continuing ed credits every year and learning, learning, learning ab- about their profession. Um, so this is something that can help dispel fear because when you're in control, that diminishes fear. And that's what I experienced with my cancer diagnosis, because I made the choice in the beginning. I'm not going the conventional route. I'm not gonna have a um, oncologist or a surgeon tell me, this is what you have to do, or this is going to happen. Yeah, That's very fear inducing. Right. So I chose natural methods. I reached out to colleagues. Um, And I ultimately went to Mexico where I underwent natural treatments that aren't available in one place in the U S. And I felt like I was in control. I was making my choices. And I think that's probably the foremost, um, aspect of overcoming fear, being in control. And the other thing I did is took a, um, a one week, uh, class with Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Right.
0: Yep. I remember you telling me about that.
1: Yeah. He's a chiropractor, but he's gone into consciousness work and meditation. Yeah. And it was a week of meditation where some days we meditated eight hours a day. That's amazing. It was punctuated with talks and, you know, exercises and different things, but it, it was intense, but it taught me something deep that I've been able to maintain And I've kept up a meditation practice daily.
0: Good job. um,
1: And feel a big difference in my life in terms of fear. So, as it relates to the last year, um, the more we're able to center ourselves within ourselves in our own world, the more we can keep our vibration higher. Yes. The more we look at the outside world, watch the news, listen to other people the more we lose that grip on our stability. So whatever uplifts you, whether it's petting your dog or baking a cake or listening to music, whatever it is, every moment you can spend doing that uplifts you and raises your vibration. Yes. Um, The other thing is about integrity. And I don't mean moral integrity. I mean, being in line with what you really believe. So the inside and the outside are the same. Sure. So um, if if something knocks you off center and you become frightened, you ask yourself what happened just before that change in my attitude and you observe that maybe something occurred that you didn't agree with, but you didn't speak up or you um you didn't uphold what you really believe in some way. So you contradicted your, your, your inner belief system. Right. And that's thrown you out of integrity in some way. And those things lower your vibration. So, you know, it's different. It's hard. I, I, I'm not tip top every day. I mean, I have my moments where I just want to scream at the world or I'm angry. um, And then I just have to, Pull myself back. So it's about adaptation. It's it's not about being in a great place and never leaving that place. It's the contrast, and it's recognizing I don't want to be there. I, I don't want to feel those feelings. What do I need to do? Okay, I need to focus on baking some bread, or I take a bath, or I read something, or you know whatever it requires to change my my state of mind and raise my own vibration.
0: That's great. No, I love it. And, and that's giving people the ability to, to recognize, to take power, right, for themselves and not, not feel like they are a, um, a victim, but that they really can take control. Um, yeah. It's huge. And, you know, I'm sure you get this question a lot, especially with the coronavirus. Um, is there homeoprophylactic ways of helping that? So oh, yeah. I know, I'm sure our guests are probably wondering, is there something that I could do um, to prevent me, because here's the thing, a lot of families that I've already mentioned this, that I serve have, ha- have seen vaccine injuries in their family. And so getting a COVID vaccine is probably last on their list. And, and this, isn't a, this isn't a discussion about whether or not you should or shouldn't, but those families that choose not to, they're probably thinking, well, is there something I can do right. um, to prevent this from potentially being you know more right. of a problematic thing for me? And what would you say to that, Zilla?
1: So I consulted with Dr. Golden in Australia, um, and we came up with a formula called Influenzyme-CV. It's been quite effective. I did a survey of over 500 people who took it. Mm -hmm. Um, Very few people actually contracted COVID. Those who did had mild symptoms for under 10 days. Um, And it's available on realimmunity.org. Nice. So it's available to practitioners like yourself to have in their office, um, safe instructions come with it. Doesn't require anything additional. Uh, it lasts, there's no expiration date. So, and it, it's basically boosting natural immunity and how, so that you're familiar with anything that comes around.
0: That's great. And how often would someone want to take that?
1: One to four times a month, depending on exposure. Okay. So if you're out and about, you can take it once a week. Uh, last year, my husband and I were taking it about every week, but then we slacked off. It's just not necessary. You know, I take it maybe once every month.
0: Sure. Yeah. And those, yeah, those last forever. Those, those no-sodes, um, those little, because there, would that be considered a no-sode as well?
1: Yes, because it, it consists of historical flus. Okay. So there's four or five components in there. That's um, that are no
0: Nice, and I know. I think I I took something similar. Um, you told me to do the influenzinum with the pneumococ or I think it was the pneumonia. Um,
1: yep, pneumococcinum. Yes. Plus influenzinum. Yeah.
0: Yes, those two together. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and yeah, our family we've been fortunate. Um, been exposed to it. Uh, haven't uh, had any issues with it yet. So. And then I've
1: treated quite a few people with COVID and what I'm finding is that if they start early with treatment, they sail right through it easily. Ones that don't call me till they've been sick for two weeks, it's a little bit harder because things have gone into a deeper stage. But if people call me right at the beginning, um, I've seen a lot of people move right through it.
0: Nice. How about, um, I've seen some people that have had some autoimmune reactions later on after having COVID. Um, at least this is what they believe. Um, have you seen anything like that? And is there any, any thought? I know that it's still, we're, it's still new in terms of trying to understand this and, and the long-term effects of it. Right. Um, I've
1: had A few people come to me with long-haul symptoms, I guess they're called. Yeah. So I never treated them at the onset of COVID. They came to me months later saying, this is what's been going on. And I have successfully treated them. It's taken a little bit longer. But just using homeopathic analysis and application of different remedies, nice. I've been able to treat them, but it's individualized, so it's different in every case. There's no yeah. one thing that's going to help.
0: Every yeah, every person is different. That's for sure. And um, you know, that's something important for everyone to remember. You know, every individual is going to be going to be unique. So make sure you're you're following things that are going to resonate with you. That's going to make sense for you. Um, and your family. Now, is there anything else, Scylla? I mean, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate all the education you've provided us. Um, You know, the insight, um, helping us understand more about the background in homeopathy and homeoprophylaxis. Um, Are there any things that you feel like um, our guests or our audience would want to hear or something else that could be really insightful for them, especially families that have children with autism?
1: Well, I think that, you know, many families with children on the spectrum recognize that something changed after being vaccinated. And they're also well aware that the current requirements are excessive over 39 doses in the first year of life. So they're looking for some other way that's safe and effective. And they can certainly, they can come to you. You've been trained in homeoprophylaxis, so you, you can offer it they can go to the realimmunity.org site. And I have lots of free fact sheets, videos. Um, I'm offering a free um, real immunity video. It's an hour and a half feature length video. It's uh, on gaia.com as well, but I'm giving it away free this weekend for mother's day. So if they just go to realimmunity.org and sign up for the newsletter, they can, they can get a, uh, you know, view it free of charge. Nice. Um, There's cartoons, there's fact sheets, there's white papers, there's lots of free information at Real Immunity. So they're, they're welcome to go there for that as well.
0: That's great. No, thank you. And, and I guess one last thing we didn't touch on is families that will definitely always have the question, well, what if I or my children have been vaccinated, but I don't want to continue with that? Is it safe to take homeoprophylaxis? Or is that going to aggravate or agitate anything? Um, is it right. going to stir the pot in any negative way? Yeah. Um, what would you sh- say to that?
1: Yeah, lots of people change lanes. I have lots of people that come to me that vaccinated for the first year or two and then decide to do HP. Totally acceptable, easy, um, safe, and advisable. It's, it's a way to re-regulate the immune system that's been thrown off course and dysregulated. So it's, it's great to do.
0: Nice. That's great. Wonderful. Well, this is great. So, you know, definitely check out Real Immunity. Is it .com or .org? Org. O-R-G. Realimmunity.org. And, um, you know, Scylla is a wealth of information. I've used her and consulted with her for even helping my kids that have had some little, you know, uh, hiccups along the road terms, in terms of uh, illnesses. Of course, we've used the homeoprophylaxis Um, I've used that for myself and my family. And it's something that's been just a great, um, a great treasure, honestly. And we're, we are so grateful Scylla. So thank you so much for your time. I know the work you do is blessing thousands of people and um, keep it up.
1: Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for listening today, guys on the world of autism podcast, please. Um, check us out, leave us a review, and um, feel free to email us with any topics that you may be interested in. We appreciate your time and are grateful to connect with you. Have a wonderful day, and happy Mother's Day, Scylla. <laughs>
1: thank you.